Hello and welcome back to the Premier League on Tap, your FPL Draft Podcast. My name is Nate, better known as Draftopia, and with me is Zach, aka Drafting for Upside. Zach, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. It was a great weekend of football. We uh, had a pretty high-scoring week with 8 of 10 overs hitting, so lots of goals for us to watch here at home. Um, that on the converse side means it was a rough week for streaming defenders since two or three teams are pretty much owned. And uh, I know my team basically uh, didn't score a whole lot of points at defense, especially when you factor in Pinnock getting a negative six bomb in the starting lineup. I think you started him too. So yep. uh, definitely paid the price there. A couple of starting lineup decisions that didn't go my way. So not the best week for me, admittedly. Um, some of my calls did not live up to the billing. Um, but let's, uh, let's hope for a better one this week. Yeah. I, uh, that Pinnock last minute switch, um, really killed me. I switched him out for strike and ended up taking like a 25 point hit <laughs> to my total score. So that wasn't great. And then, uh, one of the guys that we were touting up pretty much all podcasts last week and on Twitter and everybody was talking about him, Sergio Gomez doesn't even get the nod against Southampton and, uh, then he gets a red card today, so we'll see if Pep ever starts him again. Uh, but one thing I was correct about, and I will tout this pretty much forever, is Trent Alexander-Arnold. Uh, I told you to bench him, and if you didn't, feel bad for you, son. Yeah. Um, anyways, let's get to this. If you guys enjoy the show and the content we put out so far, please like, rate, review, whatever you got to do on the platform you listen on. We always appreciate it. Um, we always enjoy hearing from you guys, so uh, keep the feedback coming. Uh, follow us on Twitter. I am at PL Draftopia, and Zach is at Drafting with the number four upside as well. Um, and you can follow the show here at PL underscore on tap. Our DMs are always open, so if you ever have any questions, just uh, shoot us a message. Now that the housekeeping is out of the way, let's into, get into the game week 11 fixtures. Uh, first game we've got, it's a Friday night lights game. We've got Brentford hosting Brighton. Brentford is favored at .25 goals with an over-under of 2.5. Uh, Zach, run us through the Brentford side real quick and uh, just give us some insight into who's injured, who you're looking to start in this one, and some possible streamers. Yeah, so I think everybody knows you're starting your Tony. Um, but I think you should also start Jansen. He's been a pretty good floor play, uh, averaging, I think, around eight, nine points a game uh, in a game that could go box-to-box. We don't really have a clear, in a way, winner here. Brentford's probably only favored because they're at home. So you, this one could go either way, and uh, I think those tend to be good games for box-to-box midfielders. Uh, and I think you're good, good to... Stream Damsgaard this week, uh, who I believe is a mid-three. If he can go anywhere near a full 90, I know he's gotten yanked early two games ago and didn't get the start before. So that's a wait-and-see play, but luckily it's a Friday and you have that flexibility. Uh, besides that, I know you're not a fan of him, but uh, Brian and Buemo, I think it's a half-decent matchup here where you can stream him as a forward three, especially given the landscape, which... I will mention every time, is not good. Uh, moving into Brighton, I think you should start Caicedo. And I think you know 
all the other guys that you should be starting here, the front three and uh, uh, Solly March, I believe, mm -hmm. are uh, all obvious starts. One guy who we could see coming to the fold is Matoma, who uh, I don't know if you watched, or you definitely watched him because he played against Tottenham. Uh, <laughs> but uh, from what I'm hearing, he looked well. He looked like he did well. Uh, yeah. He only played 20-something minutes, got six-ish points. So if he starts, I, I think I actually prefer him over a stupid on uh, if he came in at like that left wing back spot since he's not going to get those goals against uh, in a game where they're we could see Brentford return to form and, and put a couple away. Yeah, one of the things to note here is that Brentford and Brighton each with only one clean sheet in their last five games. Um, to that end, Brentford, they've only scored one goal in their last three, and that was a t the Tony penalty we saw at the weekend against Newcastle. Both of these teams um, struggling a little bit, uh, but I mean... I could kind of see this one going either way. Uh, Brentford's defense has been pretty poor recently, so I could see Brighton getting a few more chances than they normally do. Um, but one thing to note that is if you are going to stream Matoma, uh, hopefully I'm saying that right, but he actually came in for a Stupinon. So one of the guys that we're looking to stream here is either one of the two that gets the nod to start. Uh, but he did look lively when he came on against Spurs. Um, really was direct in his play, carried the ball a lot, got a few shots off. So definitely something you like to see from your left wing back. Um, yeah. I think and, we and talked. I think I actually prefer him, like I said, over a stupid on mm -hmm. in this matchup. And I think it's great that it's on a Friday with a set of matchups where there's quite a few on Sunday at nine. So I guess that goes two ways. One, you'll have more streamers later on available in the player pool, but um, that also means that you might want to favor some guys on the earlier side as well mm -hmm. when you can get them in. Yeah, I think it wouldn't even be a bad idea if both Estupinana uh, and Matomo were on the waiver wire this week come Friday, pick them both up. Um, whoever starts, just drop the other plug them in your lineup yeah. and then you're good to go yeah um, i'm a little hesitant of a stupid on given the last performance but it, it was tottenham so this is a little bit more favorable and he tends to ghost well so i'll give him the benefit of the doubt as like a defender three yeah i don't think there's a whole lot more to go into that one nope all righty let's move on to the saturday games here We've got Leicester, Crystal Palace. Uh, Leicester favored by 0.25 goals with an over-under of 2.5. Uh, Leicester currently are sitting with Ndidi, and Castagna is questionable. Um, Ndidi is probably out for this one. Uh, I mean, other than your normal starters, obviously you're going to start Madison, Tielemans, Barnes. Uh, but, I mean... Daka for me might be one of the pickups of the season so far. If you've gotten him off the waiver wire, I think he's honestly the out and out starter now over Vardy. What what do you think there? Yeah, I don't know if I'd go as far as pickup of the season yet. I think he has potential to reach that, but uh, definitely in the past four games with 13, 11, 8, and 24 and a half with three goals and an assist. 
you know, that, that looks, that bodes well for the rest of the season, despite some of the opposition that he's faced. Um, so I think I'm moving him into an every week starter position, like you just said, as long as the matchup isn't uh, like an Arsenal or a City, um, one of those top top three, four matchups that we mm-hmm. tend to try to avoid with some of these guys. But I do agree that those those other guys are definite starts, and uh, I'm sure it's really music to people who have Harvey Barnes and in their lineup it's music to their ears to hear that he's an auto start because at the beginning of the season he wasn't quite feeling that way <laughs> he's it's good to see him come on he looks up good a little bit yeah yeah he, he looks he, he looks good in that offense and i think the youth of daca helping him out a little bit up top is is mm-hmm. really benefiting that team not that vardy is washed by any means but he's on the decline he's definitely. getting there yeah uh, possible streamers for this one. Who are you looking at here? So I know we mentioned we mentioned Castagna and Justin as viable streamers uh, pretty much every week, which is interesting given the fact that Leicester have given up 12 goals against United, Brighton, and Spurs. Uh, only two in the past two games, actually. So uh, that's something to keep watch of. But I think that they're both valid starts here even though it's Crystal Palace who I, I do like their attackers, so I guess we might be a bit uh, hypocritical here in saying we start <laughs> Castagna. Um, but I do think uh, Voutface is also a decent streamer here. I, I'm debating whether I like him more than Castagna in this matchup. I guess it kind of all depends on does Palace uh, try and exploit them through the wings or do they try and go um, with more crosses maybe into their big guy, Odson Edward, who we'll talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we don't quite know. But I think they're all viable. It's the earlier slate. It's nice to get some of those defender plays in. But I wouldn't be jamming them into my lineup at all. Justin, I'm starting. I think you start him most weeks and ride with the wave because he seems to ghost pretty well on a weekly basis. Yeah, that's the downfall to the... Lesser defenders is they are ghosting well they're just not scoring well um because of how poor their goalkeeping play is i mean you've got half decent shots that are beating ward and i mean i don't know if you saw the uh, video that was going around twitter of him doing a jumping starfish save for the second oh, yeah. goal i posted Bournemouth. that one yeah and it's like dude he doesn't even look like a keeper. I mean, no, it's just he, it's bad. Yeah, I. the more I watch this team, the more I feel bad for that defense because they know they can't allow even the silliest of shots to go anywhere near that goal. Now, I mean, if a different goalie's in, does he save that? I'm not sure. But, man, mm-hmm. he's not even giving himself a chance. So I know it's rarely the goalie's fault, but in this case, I'm, I'm just shocked that uh, Barrage has not turned over to I believe the backup's name is Iverson mm-hmm. hasn't turned to him yet for at least one start just to see what he's got uh he just seems to want to keep confidence in his starter which I understand but there becomes you know there's a point where you have to switch it over especially when his job's on the line I, if yeah. he if he does get sacked soon that's going to be one of the biggest questions that was that's that's asked of him is why didn't you even bother looking mm-hmm. to see what else you have even within the academy because 
how can you do worse than Danny Ward? Yeah. I no mean, offense to him. Hope at he's this point, if show. you're averaging four goals against and you get benched, I mean, it's it's soul-crushing, and it's hard to come back from that. So yeah, I understand it from a manager aspect, but, yeah, if it's going to cost you your job, I'm changing keepers. You can't play uh, that game very much longer. Right. Or much longer. Uh, let's flip over to the Crystal Palace side here. Um, it looks like Ayu, after that head or eye or whatever it ended up being injury, is questionable coming into this matchup. Um, like you said, I think we like Eduard to start here, and he's been scoring pretty well. His goals in his last, what, two, three games? Yeah, he hasn't necessarily had the ghosts to accompany his production, but... I think that'll come in due time. He needs more consistent minutes for me to have more faith in that, but I'm firing him up as a forward, too. We have seen very few teams struggle to score against Leicester City, so in what I think is a very underrated Crystal Palace team, given their place on the table, um, I, I'm firing him up as a strong start this week. Yeah, I agree. Anybody else you're looking to stream from that Crystal Palace side? I know the guys that um, are you're going to be looking to start are guys that are already rostered uh, pretty highly throughout leagues, but is there anybody else that you're looking to pick up off the waiver wire to possibly stream in this one? You could see Schlupp get a cameo here with IU being questionable. They might slide Olise forward to right winger, and then Schlupp ends up going in at that uh, center mid spot that's able to get forward along with uh, Abrici, Ezzi, and uh, Ducore will probably hold in that formation. So he's still viable, but a bit more of a floor play, whereas Schlupp might have a similar floor, but a chance of getting an attacking return. So we'll just have to see how this plays out. But really, the front six are all viable. And um, I yeah, I'm comfortable starting any of them. All right, moving on here to the Fulham-Bournemouth game. We've got Fulham favored by half a goal with an over-under of two and a half. Uh, run us through the Fulham side here that has the fifth highest clean sheet odds of the game week at 36%. Yeah, I thought, I guess fifth isn't that high, but <laughs> I I find that interesting because I don't think that they're necessarily a fantastic team no offense to uh tim ream but well hey they're currently that, that sitting higher is... than liverpool on the table so yeah that's something we don't need to talk about but <laughs> Fulham, i just think you know their defense has been in flux most most of the season so far with some of these wing back injuries thankfully they've had the starting two center backs consistent but i, I don't know if i have a lot of faith in them really getting a clean sheet here so i wouldn't play into that too hard but i'd stream tete and robinson as defender threes with similar uh profiles they get they've had both seven starts apiece i believe and have averaged roughly 50 touches a game so their opportunities should be pretty similar in their ability to get forward against the bournemouth team who like we've said doesn't pose much of a risk i think their two goals against leicester were very incidental and I actually was watching that part of the game, it just looked like Leicester fell apart for a matter of minutes and mm-hmm. uh, let them back into the game. So I'm not too worried about Bournemouth. I just think, like I said, they'll be annoying. They'll stay in the game. 
They're going to try to not get blown out, and that's how they're going to stay up this season. They might be Burnley-esque in that sense. Yeah, so, I think they're going to be one of the more scrappier teams that we see exactly. in the league this and year. Exactly, and they don't have Lloyd Kelly back yet. So when he's back in, they'll be even slightly better on defense. Not that they're going to be some sort of defensive powerhouse by any means. Do not do not hear what I'm not saying <laughs> in that sense. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good streaming those two as defender threes, uh, especially nice because it's in the earlier slate and you can get them out of the way. And uh, Pereira is kind of a little bit of my nemesis here, so... I have a tough time suggesting him with good faith, but as a mid-four, I think uh, he's he's definitely viable this week against a team that will probably get scored on most games, but like I said, they'll just try and stay in it, take their chances, and be calculated going forward. And strong starts, you obviously have Mitrovic, uh, who is questionable in this game, so I'm going to be keeping an eye on that one. Uh, maybe less so for him, because you know you're starting him. Uh, but more for Harry Wilson because I think that changes his outlook quite a bit this week as one of my strong starts this week as a mid-two mm-hmm. if he starts, if if Mitrovic starts, that is. Uh, without Mitrovic, I'm looking at him as more of a mid-four, and I wouldn't even want to start Pereira, uh, to be honest. I don't think that that team has a whole lot of scoring upside. Without him, I know Pereira scored great goal. Uh, congratulations, Pereira. But... <laughs> I'm not banking on him scoring, assisting. He seems to have some of the peripherals that we like to see. He seems to pass the eye test, but when it gets to fantasy points, he comes up short for me at least more weeks than not. So I would not suggest him without Mitrovic. Harry Wilson, I'd start either way, but I'd just really like it if Mitrovic started. Yeah, um, I agree there. I mean, I think... Pereira's goal screwed my Zuma play last week. Um, without that, they looked pretty tame in front of goal, especially without Mitrovic. Um, but, I, yeah, like you said, I think it's odd that Fulham have the fifth highest clean sheet odds this week. They've only kept one clean sheet so far this season, and it was against Wolves, who we all know just can't score. So, right, uh, pretty weird there, but... Going into the Bournemouth side, like you said, Lloyd Kelly's out. Um, he's still questionable, so we'll see what that looks like. Um, I think against this Fulham side, I would be okay starting Solanke. Um, with possible streaming options in Billing and Christie. Um, Christie actually had a pretty fantastic game against Leicester, but I think we kind of have to be aware of the inflated stats due to playing against that Leicester side. Um, their defense has just been so poor, or I guess it's a mixture of defending and the goalkeeping play like we talked about, but uh, it kind of just inflates most stats going against them right now. Um, but I personally am officially off the Tavernier hype train. The ghost points have dried up, and he's not producing any attacking returns. Uh, I'm just taking my foot off the pedal on that one. Uh, What are your thoughts on him? He's he's been a guy that I've spent way too much time looking at today. To be (laughs) to be honest, Uh, he he really posts pretty similar peripherals to Billing. Actually, Um, just trying to think of what it is again. He's He's got like, yeah, he's got uh, seven shots in the box compared to Billing, who's got four, but zero of them are on target, whereas Billing's <laughs> put two of them on target, and then his third goal was that screamer from range. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they he's got 51 touches per start, 1.9 in the box compared to Billing with 47 touches per start, 1.7 in the box, and he's a little bit lower on passes into the final third per start with 6.4 versus Billing 6.9. But the thing that's different between Tavernier and Billing, and I guess I'm comparing them because they're on the same offense and they both play pretty attacking roles, is he take he's taken nine free kick crosses and 30 corners, yet somehow Billing is the guy that you'd start over him. So while I'm one to try and project regression from assets, it's tough given his production to really get behind him so far. It makes me wonder if he's just not quite up to speed yet with Mm -hmm. the Premier League pace. He's coming in as a transfer. Billing's been there before. He knows what it entails. He's a bigger guy, so he might get more. He's going to get more involved on defense, uh, you'd think. So I think you're going to ride with Billing. He's their top scorer. Not yeah. Absalon, okay. He's their top scorer. <laughs> so he's been more efficient with his chances. That's going to lead to some higher highs and some lower lows, whereas it seems like Tavernier is just a revolving door of disappointment, even though he has, like I said, the peripherals that we like to see for opportunity. Yeah. I, I mean, if I rostered him, I guess... I'd be comfortable if I had the space available on my roster to just bench him and kind of be a wait-and-see play. But if you're in desperate need of a win, I'm more than comfortable dropping him. I I agree. I'm not saying you have to hold him. Uh, I'd just try and hold him if I had the availability, like you said. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, moving on here. We've got Wolves and Nottingham Forest. Wolves favored by 0.75 goals with an over-under of 2.5. Wolves here have the second highest clean sheet odds of the game week, sitting at 43%. Uh, Go ahead and run us through the Wolves side here. Sure we can't just skip this one? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Pretty sure we probably could, but we might as well touch on it for a minute. Well, we'll do it for the people, really. So, <laughs> to start, you're starting all the forwards on Wolves, except Diego Costa. Do not start Diego Costa. He did almost nothing in 55 minutes. He's old. He's not going to play the full game. Don't don't waste your starting roster spot with Diego Costa. I'm fine with him being on your bench. We'll see if he comes good. It's a great test, but treat it as a test. Don't start him. I'm going to put an asterisk right here, and uh, I'm going to put Diego Costa guaranteed first half brace. Uh, Yeah. Now that you say that. (laughs) Gosh. I wonder what his anytime goal scoring chances are. Uh, They can't be good. Oh, God. I mean, can't. I'm not going to say I'd be surprised if he scores, but that might be all he does if he he even does that. So... Mm -hmm. A guy who went 55 minutes, don't even think he scored positive points. Let's let's pump the brakes on the guy. He is one of the past, and we will see if he's part of the present. But I would roll with the rest of those assets over him for sure. And I don't think it's a game you want to be stacking multiple Wolves forwards. So pick your favorite one, roll mm-hmm. with it, and move on. 
Um, any streaming options available in this one? As far as the Wolves uh, side goes. Yeah, I mean, midfield, you can start Mateos Nunez. He's a floor play this week. Moutinho, does he take corners anymore? I think he does. Especially with Neto out, I think he would. Yeah, so I think he does. He, he's he's a, another floor play as well with a little bit less upside since... I know he's a bit ageless. Some people say he plays like he's 25, <laughs> but I'm not quite seeing that same spectacle. So he's like more of a mid-five just to fill in your roster. And he's probably not going to sink you and he's probably not going to help you. I'd expect like seven, eight points here. Mm-hmm. And Mateus Nino is more like nine, ten. So... They're fine, and defenders are a strong start here. Both wingbacks, fire them up if you can. Uh, I think Ayinori should be an auto start. Semedo, I'd also say, is an auto start, but he might actually be available for you guys. And Johnny, eh, eh, we know what Johnny is. Johnny's Johnny, so yeah. you can you can go in. Kilman, kind of the same as Johnny for me. Lower upside, floor play, looking for the clean sheet. If you don't, you're disappointed. But they got the second highest clean sheet odds, like you said. So, yeah, I think with uh, Neves back from suspension, I think that boosts not only their, uh, well, I guess lack thereof offensive output, but I think that helps them defensively too. Um, just keeping the ball better. Uh, saw them give the ball away a lot against Chelsea. Um, they didn't look terrible going forward. They just would get near enough to the box and then have no idea what to do with the ball and would just yeah. give away cheap turnover after cheap turnover so uh, I expect them to do well against this Nottingham Forest I'd be extremely surprised if uh, they didn't win here uh, but mm-hmm. I think I would be comfortable if you could even snatch two of the starting defenders for Wolves off of the waiver wire I would be comfortable streaming yeah. two of them just go like for that Johnny and Smato yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It feels like they just the Premier League is just handing other teams get right games versus Nottingham Forest here with <laughs> I believe Leicester and Villa the past two teams to play them. So this is gonna be a decent litmus test for Wolves, but what do they scored three goals the entire season? Yeah, it's it's not good. Yeah. They, Holland has scored the same in one game three times as Wolves have <laughs> the entire season. So uh, yeah, Gosh, I, I would. I don't take like this. their forwards that much, but you have to play them against Nottingham. Yeah, I would honestly take the over under bet of two and a half, and I would bet the under on that one. I I think this is a one nothing Wolves win, just a scrappy. They yeah. get enough chances, but they just don't put any of them away, and then they finally get a breakthrough at some point. It, it uh, was interesting though because last game Nottingham, transitioning into them here, they started some of their. Um, I mean, they started to follow left back when they'd started Lodi the past however many games he's been at the club. And they also started their new acquisition, Aurier, at right back. I know mm-hmm. they subbed in Nico Williams there. But, I mean, they held their own against Villa. I know Villa had plenty of chances and probably could have won that game easily. But, you know, they didn't. And for getting blown out by Leicester the week prior... They seem like they might be not as bad as before. Not good, but not as bad as before. As a team. Yeah. Not, T- not as a fantasy team, yeah. but as, as a real-life team. Yeah. Time will tell. Um, but, I mean, personally, I'm not looking to start 
anybody from that side in this game. Maybe Nico Williams if he starts, but... Uh, no, I'm out on him, actually. Uh, really? I, I can't get behind him, no. Right. I, he's been subbed out the past two games he started. So him or Orier, don't even think about it. <laughs> uh, you could think about Tofolo, honestly, if he started. and But I, w- I wouldn't really want to. Yeah. And Morgan Gibbs-White, he might be one of your better mids. I hope not, but he might be. Oof. So... Toss him in as like a mid four or five. He's filling your roster spot, and just hope he gets like six to ten points. Yeah, that's gonna be an ugly game. But yeah, yeah. Let's, let's transition <laughs> to a game that's probably gonna look even uglier. Let's be honest here. Uh, we've got mm-hmm. Spurs Everton. Uh, Spurs favored by a goal. Over under sitting at two point seven five. Uh, Spurs have the highest clean sheet odds of the game week, sitting at forty five percent. Uh, only injury to note for Spurs is Emerson, still suspended. Um, it looks like Kulisevsky is going to be back from injury this weekend, as well as um, Lucas. But I doubt he'll even see the pitch. Uh, obvious starts for Tottenham are the front three, uh, whichever those front three end up being between Sun, Kane, Charles, and Kulisevsky. Uh, and I think the wingbacks are definitely in play this week. So... Doherty's probably going to start at right wing back. Left wing back could either be Perisic or Sessegnon. Um, either one of those is a start for me for sure. And then a viable streamer here is Bentancor, um, who has been playing relatively well. Um, got a decent floor. Um, and then we saw his ceiling game against Leicester of like 30-something points. So Yeah, he's he's for me, he's past stream. I mean, I think he's like 60% owned. So mm-hmm. I think he's a weekly starter as long as you're not playing against somebody with a you know bottom five midfielder matchup. He's he's pretty much an every week start I'd think for most people. Yeah, he's right on the peripheral of being a streamer. He's at fifty eight percent, so he's he's almost there. Okay. Um, and then I would see if any other uh, Tottenham defenders are available on the waiver wire because I would be. A-okay picking up any of Romero, Davies, uh, I doubt Dyer's available. He's 91% rostered. Romero is available in one of my leagues at 75% rostered. And He's had uh, a tough season, though. He has. It's been a little injury-prone, but, I mean, he's always hit or miss between he's an inch away from a red card, and he's also possibly going to score a goal. He likes to get forward from time to time. So... Mm-hmm. Interesting one to watch there. Uh, yeah. As far as the Everton side goes, um, who are some of the automatic starters for this Everton team? There's not, not a lot of automatic starters for this team. I think it's very matchup dependent who you got to start, but I think you're, you know, you know you're starting your Gordon. Tarkowski. I will be now, I think is in that mm-hmm. category. And besides that, I I mean, we've seen a couple different sides of Spurs so far defensively, so I'd be hesitant to start really any of the other attackers here. It's not a, it's not a plus matchup, that's for sure. I think it's 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 neutral negative here. So you could start Gray. 
that's fine. Uh, I know it's... Is this the afternoon slate of the Saturday games? Um, yes. So. Yeah. So you might... There's a potential you're stuck starting one of these guys if maybe you had someone in the earlier slate that didn't get the nod. So I think it's fine. You could... You know, you could do a lot worse than starting someone like Demari Gray, Dwight McNeil. Uh, Onana, I, thought, I, I had more faith in him last week, and, you know, he, he still did well, but not for a fantasy, not for a fantasy day. So, yeah, he's, he's an okay streamer, but he's more of a mid-five and very, very low upside with a decent floor. So, I... I don't have a lot of faith in this Everton team to put up more than a goal against Spurs, if if even that, with Spurs favored by a goal. And uh, I'd really love to see DCL start in this game, but I'd be a little worried if he started about him going the whole game. I mean, he mm-hmm. won't, but going more than, say, 60, 65 minutes. Yeah, I think if he does start I would be a little hesitant to start him in this matchup Um, it's not a favorable one and like you said he's very unlikely to go more than 65 minutes yeah Um, Everton are still tied with the lowest goals allowed this season with nine Um, although we all think I mean if you're just taking a look back through the start of the season so far everyone thinks that Tottenham's defense has been pretty poor but they're one of four teams that have given up only 10 goals this season. So, I mean, they're pretty comparable apples to apples there. They just concede so much more possession than almost any other team. Uh, but that's just the way that Conte, Conte wants to play, uh, apparently. But uh, as far as Everton goes, they've only allowed nine goals, but their XG for the season so far is almost 15 so almost six more goals should have been scored on this side. At some point, if they keep conceding these opportunities, it's going to catch up to them. And we've seen, I mean, obviously the Everton defense has gotten a little bit better over the last year, um, obviously. But Spurs put five past them in their matchup last year. Uh, not saying that they're going to score five against them this year, but or in this weekend, but I could easily see a multi-score game for Spurs here um, with that being said are any of the defenders besides Tarkowski streamable in this matchup for Everton not in my opinion no there's okay. just not much more than that yeah I didn't think so I had a question here for you but you've kind of answered it already um, if Gordon was an automatic starter if you roster him from for me personally I would say he's probably going to be your forward two if you have him on your roster, maybe forward three. Mm-hmm. I, I think he goes under the nice-to-have forward three and regrettable forward two. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's only scored three games. Uh, he's only scored over 10 points in three matchups, and two of those were with a goal. So it's just it. He just doesn't ghost well enough for me to start him in minus matchups like this would be against Tottenham. Yeah, I think he might be a buy low candidate without getting too deep into it. Just with DCL returning soon, you could see some of those attacking returns increase. Since I think most of us would agree that Neil Maupai is not your ideal guy to be pinging the ball off of when you're trying <laughs> to work forward. 
Yeah, I think if DCL comes back into this squad, well, when he comes back in and he's fully fit and can go the 90, I think Gordon is a much better candidate. Yes, he upgrades to a pretty strong forward, too. Alrighty, moving on. Sunday's matchups. We've got Aston Villa hosting Chelsea. Chelsea favored here by .75 goals with an over-under on this match of 2.5. I'm going to let you go over Villa because I am wiping my hands clean of this team. I'm Mm. done. I'm over it. I've dropped every Villa asset I own. Case closed. Moving on. What say you? I am not dropping every Villa asset that I own. And really, I think the point would have occurred weeks ago if I was going to. But in this matchup, I've got Ali Watkins as a start, as a forward three. He starts almost every single game, 90 minutes. I know he kind of sucked in the last game. So, you know, it... Be cautious, but you're not going to... I know that you're probably not going to have a much better forward option than him as... Maybe you don't start three forwards, but sometimes even as a forward two, you might be stuck with him if your guy didn't start the day before. I would try to not start him in this matchup against Chelsea because I think they... Yeah, they have the third highest clean sheet odds of the game week. So his chances of scoring are pretty low, and if he wasn't going to do it against Nottingham... I mean, that's your that's your pulse test right there. Mm-hmm. If he can't get one against them or even look all that dangerous, then what's he got working for him? But as, as from, a, from a general perspective, with Chelsea aside, I, I haven't given up on every Villa asset. I still think whoever's in their front three is, is valuable long-term. And I think, man, McGinn, McGinn's dropped in a lot of leagues, and I don't... I don't. I wouldn't tell people you can't. I probably wouldn't pick him up either. So I guess that's another important point. And uh, guys like Digne, I wouldn't drop cash. I wouldn't drop. But you, you don't start them. So try not to have like three of these guys. I guess if you can only hold yourself to one, then you can say you have a piece of the pie without actually having to start them. But I think that there's a chance that Gerard is going to get sacked soon if things don't start turning his way. Because if you can't get a win against Nottingham Forest, I don't care what I said about them improving. They need to win that game. Yeah, It's kind of the dipstick for any team that has a chance of doing anything this season uh, playing against Nottingham Forest. I Gerard's mean, got the It even the took highest. them a Ashley... Uh, young yeah, screamer exactly. to draw that game. It's sickening, so. really. Yeah. So the, Gerard's got the highest next sacking odds ahead of Hassan Hiddle and Brendan Rodgers. So he's playing for his job at this point, but that doesn't mean that he's going to play better. And he's just been rotating this team like crazy, so I don't think they've been able to get any consistency. If they bring in a new manager here, you could see some of these assets go up in price despite... Uh, maybe not performing all that well up to this point, giving you a ton of hope. Mm-hmm. So I think just if you have one or two of them, hold on to them. But some guys like Ramsey and McGinn, uh, if you have Douglas Louise, like those guys can go. Don't think twice about it. But try 
Watkins, you have to hold, in my opinion, and Coutinho as well, and Digne. The rest of them can go if you want, but I'd also keep Cash, Buendia, and that's probably it. Oof. Yeah, I, I know. I know just... it hurts you, but I just, <laughs> I just, I just, I just want to warn the people that uh, sacking it could be inbound, and I know when people get sacked, everyone's minds flip. Like, mm-hmm. this team's going to look completely different. Um, they have lots of talent, so they could turn it around in theory, but I don't see it happening. Yeah, I don't either. I'm out on them. I mean... Yeah, so there's my rant. <laughs> uh, going to this Chelsea side, uh, it looks like Reese James was injured today. We don't know the extent of it, but um, it's just something to keep an eye on, especially when um, the manager talks come you know, Thursday, Friday, see how he's doing. Maybe we'll get an update on him then. But uh, as far as starters go in this Chelsea side, uh, it looks like Potter rotates pretty heavily coming out of a European matchup. I mean, in the last four games, we've seen him manage Chelsea. But it's really opened the doors for guys like Pulisic, uh, Spilicueta, Chalaba, um, especially coming in for the injured Fofana. So... Are those players you're keeping an eye on this week? Are there any others you want to add to that list? Yeah, you could see a tiny bit less rotation. Last week they played on a Wednesday, so I don't think they had quite as much rest. Although, did they play on a Sunday? No, they played on Saturday. So, yeah, they went from a Wednesday game to a Saturday game. And now we're seeing them go from a Tuesday game to a Sunday game. So they'll have a little bit more of a break here, a two-day break. Mm-hmm. And that could help him out a bit. But if Pulisic starts, I'm starting him as a mid-three. And I'm also starting as Pulicueta as a defender two. With Shalaba coming in a bit below as Pulicueta, since I think as Pulicueta will start it right back if Reese James isn't able to go. And he'll be more of a clean sheet dependent floor play. But like we said, Villa struggled to score against Nottingham Forest. So why wouldn't we have full confidence in Chelsea here. I'm surprised they're surprised that they're only third in clean sheet odds. I'd think they'd be second or first. Yeah, I would have thought so too. Um, I mean, with Espilicueta being 38% owned and Chalaba being 29% owned, I, I'd be A-OK picking up both of those guys off the waiver wire and starting them both this weekend because I, mm-hmm. just, I just don't see the attacking output from this Villa side at all. Agreed. Um, not really a whole lot to say more on the Chelsea side. It's just kind of to see um, how Potter rotates and if he does when they play on a Sunday. Um, it does kind of dwindle down into that last match day, so you got to be careful with the rotation pieces. But uh, I think you can get away with the defenders at least. Yeah, I think they're all startable. Um, Leeds Arsenal is the next game up and we've got Arsenal favored by one goal and an over under of three uh, looks like Leeds do not have any injuries of concern right now and I mean at this point this Arsenal side is kind of interesting because they have not kept a clean sheet at home but they've kept three on the road and so this Leeds team tends to uh, be rambunctious they're energetic they get at the goal they score 
not often, but they can be quite an attacking threat. So I'm okay starting Bamford or Rodrigo as a forward three option this weekend and possibly an Aronson as a midfield four possible upside to a midfield three option. But uh, even though Strike's been playing pretty well, um, scored a goal last week, good ghost points. I'm not touching any of the Leeds defenders in this one. Arsenal are just too good going forward. And I mean, I don't, I don't see how they don't put two or three past this lead side. Yeah, Arsenal have won their past five games in all competitions, and they've scored two, three, 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 and three <laughs> again in those matchups. Now I know one of them was against some random European team, but um, I think we got to have some respect for their for their offense. They are, you know, after all, top of the table right now, so. Yeah, Leeds defenders, don't start any of them, don't think about it. Bad idea. All of them, even Strike in his renaissance this season. Let's let's pump the brakes there. You can get away with starting Rash or not Rasher. <laughs> Bamford. Bamford. You can start Bamford as a forward three. And Rodrigo's probably in a similar territory there. Bamford I know got subbed out early last game, so he might have the potential for last minutes as they try and keep him healthy. And Rodrigo might play more, so in that sense, I might favor Rodrigo. Yeah, and, you also uh, get Sinistera back from suspension, so. Oh, that's true. Yeah, from that really stupid red card he had. Yeah. So, there you could see some flux in this lineup. Uh, Harrison's a guarantee to start, and you have to start him. But uh, we'll see how the other three guys shake out. Aronson's pretty much a guarantee as well, and uh, I would start him as a mid four. He'll probably end up playing a lot of defense though in this game, as they're going to be on the back foot, and, and Leeds actually. I know we we talk about them having this high octane offense. They give us that feeling because they're running around all the time, but mm-hmm. they they don't actually score a ton of goals. Um, they've really, what have they scored like? They've got eleven on one, the season so three. far. Yeah, they've only got three goal, four goals in the past five games. So they have the ability to score, but they're by no means a high scoring offense for me. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I would expect them to get, like, one goal here, realistically. That's what I was thinking, too. Whoever gets that goal, you might be able to project, like, a Harrison assist to any of the other three guys. So I I would not rush to to start any of these guys. It's in the second slate of games, so I would prefer probably starting a forward three in the Saturday games than waiting until a Sunday game and playing Bamford or Rodrigo in this. Mm -hmm. Especially because you don't know for a fact that either of them will start. They probably will, but yeah. Yeah. anyway, yeah. So. I agreed. Arsenal, on the other hand, have the fourth highest clean sheet odds of the game week, um, sitting at 37.5%. Uh, like we just said, Leeds, uh, they run around a lot. They create decent chances, but uh, they don't score that many goals with only 11 in, what, nine games? So, yeah. Uh, interesting there but i personally i'm probably fading most of the arsenal defenders in this one just because they don't tend to score well unless they keep clean sheets um or they get the odd uh goal or assist so uh although arsenal score two to three goals a game it mostly comes from their front three or four 
uh, is there anyone that you're looking at streaming here that's not, I mean, your Martinelli, Jesus, Saka, Xhaka, Odegaard? No, start, start them all. Whoever's in the forward three, or forward four, that is. Um, and as far as the CDMs go, start them too. Whoever it is, Partey, Chaka, fire them up. Defenders, I'd look at Tomiyasu as a decent start this week with uh, Arsenal, like you said, having the fourth highest clean sheet odds. And whoever else is at the other wing back, I'd hope it's Zinchenko if I were a Zinchenko owner. Uh, I'd definitely be pretty pretty happy with starting him this week. I know you're, you're not enthralled with the idea, but I think... Uh, they have definitely some good chances to get goals in this game, hence why we don't want to start Leeds defenders. So if we got a wingback like Zinchenko who gets forward, he's got to be in your lineup. Tomiyasu, he's more defensive. He likes to sit and kind of form that back three whenever the other guy gets forward. A little less upside there, for more of a floor play, but he does ghost okay as far as things go. I mean, people were holding him throughout a lot of last year for that reason, even though he was hurt. So... I think uh, he's a start this week as well as more of a defender, defender two three on the on that border. Whereas Inchenko is on the defender one or two border. In my opinion, I know you might not agree with that, but we saw quite a quite a bit of promise from him earlier in the season. So let, let's hope he's back here. Yeah, it remains to be seen, especially coming back from an injury. So I'm not too gung ho on him. I would start him in this matchup, um, but. I guess it's a positive matchup for Arsenal. So, yeah, I have no problem starting him here. Uh, going into what I think is one of the tougher games of the weekend to call um, on how this one will go is Manchester United and Newcastle. United is favored by half a goal with an over-under of 2.75. Um, I mean, United did struggle a little bit against Everton, but Everton at home... Uh, we've seen so far this season is a struggle for some teams um, looking at Liverpool here. But, I, I mean, in this matchup, it's really hard to even stream a player from either side. Their teams are so heavily rostered, and especially in the Newcastle side, they don't rotate that much. And so it's really hard to even pick up a streamer in what has been a pretty high octane offense for the last few games um other than the martial uh questionable he might be injured uh we have to wait and see on that one i think for the united side you're starting all your forwards you're starting your attacking mids in bruno fernandez but as far as like erickson goes or casemiro are you are you playing those guys in this matchup uh i am not starting I'm not starting McTominay or Fred, either of those two, but I'm starting Casemiro or Erickson or both, whoever's at CDM, along with all the forwards there in that matchup. And it's uh, as simple as don't start any of those defenders either because we haven't really seen Manchester United prove themselves on defense. Uh, and Newcastle's a team that can... We've seen them rotate their front three multiple times. They probably had six or seven different uh, front threes, even mm -hmm. with, like, Jacob Murphy in there. And they're still able to score any number of goals that they want to on their day. So I have no confidence in this Manchester United defense right now. 
It's also in flux. I don't know if Iran is going to be back for this game. It looks um, like he's he came in against Everton for a little bit. Okay, gotcha. So, so if he if he's back, I have a little bit more confidence in this team because I think he's come on a little bit this season and helped them out. I don't think Shaw versus Molossi makes a big difference for me. And this is the later slate, so I wouldn't want to bank on either of the guys. You're going to have to wait and see for the Europa League game to see who starts there. And chances are it'll be the other guy. So if Molossi starts, Shaw's probably going to start here. But it's not like you're waiting for some guy who's just going to light the world on fire. So I bench whoever it is and just make it easier on yourself, regardless of who starts. Mm-hmm. And really, it's kind of the same for Newcastle in that sense, uh, unless you're starting Trippier, because he just loves to get forward, loves to put crosses in, and Newcastle are effective at using him, mm-hmm. even if it's just through set pieces. He's a guy you got to start every week, you know. I wouldn't really look to start target, burn, whoever's at the other outside back, or really either of the center backs. Because this game has goals in it at over 2.75, Man U are favored. Uh, and really, we're never going to suggest anyone on a team who's not favored to win as a strong defensive start. So, yeah, make it simple on yourself. Yeah, and I mean, as far as the Newcastle side goes, like you said, you're going to start pretty much anybody that starts on offense. Um, the only person you're even able to stream right now is Jacob Murphy if he gets a start because he's sitting at yeah. 4% rostered. Everyone else is over 74, so it's hard to find mm-hmm. any of these guys to stream. So, yeah, yeah he, I think he's, he's a guy who goes box to box even when he's playing winger, so I I I really don't mind him as a streamer in this matchup as like a mid 3, mid 4. Mm-hmm. Um he'd definitely be more of a floor play mid 3 kind of guy, but it's, I mean, it's Newcastle. They put away five goals against Brentford last week. I know Brentford's not great, but let's uh, let, let's start looking at their forward line as probably one of the top six options in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think people have already started to notice that with just by the roster percentages alone. Agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, next up, we've got Southampton West Ham, and this is a pick 'em. There is no favorite in this matchup, and the over under here is two and a half. Uh, I mean, I guess we kind of have to w- throw away Southampton's last game against City. City pretty much was at a walking pace for most of that game, and ended up scoring four goals. Uh, even Pep said they didn't play to their utmost ability, which I think anybody watching that game could see. Uh, once the goals went in, they kind of just coasted. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I think you're still starting James Ward-Prowse. You're starting Che Adams. But are there any streamers that you're looking at for this one? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a separate note related to that. But imagine if you're Ralph Hasenhutl and you just hear Pep talking about his team underperforming. <laughs> As like... he just takes you behind the woodshed you know yeah. it's just <laughs> i wonder if he says those things to get under manager's skin or if he actually means it you're talking or about both. a guy that's coaching for his life right now and you're just like hey we didn't play very well but we still won four yeah. zero <laughs> yeah it's like someone talking about their broken yacht when you're just struggling to afford your rent you yeah. know it's it's first world problems for sure. <laughs> exactly. 
Um, so anyway, yeah, to, to the guys on Southampton, I'd start um, another battle of the hands here, if you want to look at it that way. True. Uh, we got a stream of Genepo, who doesn't always start every game. It's hit or miss, but the nice thing about him is he's a mid, so you don't have to worry about the goals against or any of the clean sheet odds and that nonsense in case Southampton just decides to shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think... Besides the obvious starts here for Southampton, which if you don't know him, you can go back to our previous episodes. We mentioned him every time, pretty much. Um, Bella Kochap and Salisu are pretty much in the same area as a desperation defender for. Uh, neither of them what I would be extremely psyched about. And if I could pivot to any of the guys on West Ham instead, I would much prefer that. Uh, to having to pray that Southampton does not concede against West Ham, who I don't understand why this is a pick uh, West Ham is improving quite a bit recently, and as long as Kamaka starts, they will almost certainly score a goal. I'm mm-hmm. not saying it'll be through him, but, I mean, they, they look a lot more potent with him, and he's providing space to a lot of their other assets, like Bowen because uh, he's demanding more of that attention from the center backs, whereas Antonio just isn't the dynamic player that he was two years, three years ago. I think that youth is really benefiting this team. So I'm looking at that front four, auto starts, and uh, their defenders like Cresswell, Kerr, and Zuma are all roughly in the same range. I think the outside backs will almost always have more upside as defender threes than the center backs, but... If I had to start one of the center backs, Zuma as a defender four uh, with some stronger upside to maybe get a goal off a corner uh, or even potentially hold a clean sheet. I know Southampton can score. Um, he's, he's an okay start. At, like I said, defender four, not expecting the world of him. Yeah, I wouldn't even be mad at a uh, Craig Dawson start here. Um, yeah, be I awesome. Mean, he got the what ghost assist for the penalty drawn, but and the fan yeah, tax we're banking on that on a weekly basis. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think this is a decent matchup to go back to the well of West Ham defenders because, like we talked about in the intro, I mean eight of the ten matchups were hit the over. Mm-hmm. So I agree. I mean, it's very one of the hard to tell who for... was going to hit on the defensive side and get that clean sheet and other than the Pereira Thunderbolt uh, Fulham didn't look like scoring so but yeah. on the Southampton side I think like you said Belakocha, Salasu desperate defensive four options but if Skamaka does get the start for West Ham as he should the aerials come into play for the Southampton center backs and I think they could ghost decently um their floor might be a little bit higher and i don't think west ham is still that potent of an offensive force yet um i think we just kind of saw fulham collapse um but yeah like you said uh i think we go back to the west ham defenders cresswell Kerr, uh suma dawson any of them obviously you prefer to start your outside wingbacks um but even the center backs will do in this one. They're a little bit more of a gamble with a clean sheet out of 27.5%, but I'm okay going back to it. Me too. All right. Going into the game of the week that I'm pretty sure we don't need to touch on that much. Uh, We've got Liverpool hosting Manchester City. 
Uh, used to be a title decider, but it looks like the title race is pretty much over for Liverpool at this point. City favored by only 7.75 goals in this one with an over-under of 3.25. Uh, Liverpool have a massive slate of injuries here. Um, they just cannot catch a break right now. Robertson's questionable to return. Trent's out. Diaz is out. Matip's out. Um, other than the front three possibly becoming a front four, depending on how Klopp sets things up with Sala, Nunez, Jota, and Firmino, are you playing? Not starting or streaming. Are you playing anybody else from this Liverpool team? If I can help it, no. I, I really wouldn't. They'll be busy the whole game. That's the only positive that you can say about them. But I think Man City are just incredibly efficient with their chances. So even in that sense, you might not get a whole lot of interceptions and clearances mm-hmm. and aerials won. It, it might just be just a goal in the blink of an eye and then possession, 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 another goal. And it might just drive you crazy. So... I think that's kind of been the story for any team playing City. And I don't think we should treat Liverpool like the team they were last year or the year before. We should treat them as they are right now. And they are not a start, not an automatic start at defense. Even though in the right matchups, their wingbacks possess upside. And Van Dyke is still a world-class defender. We don't need to judge a whole defense by, you know, a quarter of a season. Mm-hmm. third of a season but let's just look at what we have right in front of us here and it's the last matchup so you don't you you shouldn't have to at this point start any of these assets you should have by this point found an alternative to a liverpool defender yeah 100 percent. maybe those west ham defenders we just talked about <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I would start care over any of them yeah i agree uh i mean little side note here thanks to robbie p uh, over at the draft society on twitter at at a team of caras uh he had a pretty enlightening stat today that defenders going up against city score negative 1.3 points per 90 so if you didn't catch that already bench liverpool defenders this week Mm -hmm. don't even think about it yeah, this one's very simple. Just start the forwards, bench the defenders, and midfielders are only called upon as needed if every single other guy in your team got be- or just didn't get the start. You know, like if you need Tiago, fine, but Liverpool aren't going to see the type of possession that they might normally see mm-hmm. against other teams. City just dominates every single game, and they're yeah. probably still favorites for the title, even though Arsenal are ahead of them by the tip of their nose yeah i would think so too just that how efficient they are um i mean as far as the city side goes you have stones out injured walker out injured um but i mean you're starting everybody on the city side minus possibly the center backs um Mm -hmm. i think it depends on who's gonna play in that right back left back spot uh, we saw Kanji play right back last weekend, but uh, who knows what Pep decides. He always likes to change his mind from time to time. So 
Uh, yeah. Everyone's a start, though. This this team's just too good. Yep. Front six, start them all. Start any natural outside back, bench center backs, since it's not a positive matchup. And you're starting... Um, what's the goal? Ederson. Yeah. I don't know why I blanked on that. <laughs> yeah. You start Ederson, obviously, because he's probably all you got. But it, this one's pretty black and white as far as City goes, and it's going to be the same story every week, so I'm not even going to go further into any of those guys. All right. Let's wrap this up. We've got our starts of the week here, um, one of the newer segments that we've incorporated. Let's start off with our defenders here. Who is a start of the week for you? I put in here and copied, I guess, one half of yours, but uh, <laughs> Wolves wingbacks, either of them fire them up. Johnny gives me a little less confidence, but he's still technically a start in my book as a defender three. Mm-hmm. So Semedo and Aitnori are your best case scenario there. And I also would put Aspilqueta, since he is available in quite a few leagues, um, he is a defender two this week in his matchup against Villa. Yep, I would agree there. Um, like you said, I've got one of one half of the Wolves swing backs. Uh, hopefully he gets the start this week. He hasn't really been playing a whole lot lately, but... Uh, Ryan Aitnuri, I expect him to play, uh, well, if he plays, I expect him to play well. And then I've also got Matt Doherty over here. Um, I think that his skill set at right wing back could be the key to unlocking the Spurs attack um, much better on the ball. He just needs to get into that form, and hopefully this is a game that uh, he can take advantage of that. Um, jumping into the midfielders here, I have Eberiche Eze and Neves for Wolves. Uh, I think with him coming back from suspension, he's going to be an intricate part of that offense to move the ball around, probably goes pretty well, and he looks like the only person not afraid to actually shoot at the goal. Yes, Wolves do... Uh... <laughs> They get to the goal and it's almost like they're confused. Like, you know, I thought about everything, but not not this part. Yeah. So we got here. What do we do now? Yeah. So yeah, I I agree with both of those guys. Neves maybe a little lower in the the upside, hence why he's not included in my list. But uh, I got Joe Ellington. I expect him to come back into the squad after two games not in it. I don't think Longstaff has some stake in that midfield and if Jonathan doesn't start this week I'm going to be pretty pissed because <laughs> he's one of their best guys in that midfield at commanding commanding the ball and going forward I also mm-hmm. saw that I think Bruno Guimaraes came off somewhat injured but he might be fine for this game so keep an eye on that but Jonathan I would be surprised if he doesn't slide back in and he's got a just, you know, a good chance of scoring against a Man U team that is very susceptible. And on top of that, I got Odegaard, who is playing against Leeds. He's uh, kind of a flat-track bully in a way so far this season. Doesn't have the highest floor, but uh, I think he's going to get back to scoring ways, whether it be via assist or goal, hopefully plural. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'll toss it back to you for your attackers. All right, for the attackers here, I'm riding the hot hand of uh, Skamaka. I expect him to probably get on the uh, score sheet again, whether it be a uh, goal or assist. And then, uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe he gets a start this week, but he had a goal against Everton, and I think 
uh, Ten Hag might roll Ronaldo out there in the matchup against Newcastle. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to roll yeah. with Ronaldo. Yeah. All those naps are really doing them, doing them good. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the behind the scenes of that uh, celebration he did, but they were saying it was because he takes so many naps during the day, and that's why he, uh, that was a celebration. <laughs> oh, boy. I saw yeah. the celebration, but I didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, was, it doesn't quite bode well for his age, maybe, but uh, he, he is Ronaldo, so it's tough to fault anything he does. It's true. Uh, I've got this week maybe two guys who could potentially even be on waivers, depending on your league format, but uh, Odson Edward, I'll... I'll always be uh, shouting the horn for him. I think he's got a cake matchup this week. And in the future, really, he's going to probably be on this list a couple more times. So I'm hoping he's able to at least get through 75, 80 minutes of this game. And I'd be surprised if he does not put one in the back of the net. As well as Solanke, I know it's Bournemouth. And that makes some people a little bit queasy. But... I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna maybe find some form this season in the right matchups, and this week just just kind of feels right for me as a forward two. Uh, I think. All right, I like it. I like those picks. Yeah. All right, let's jump into uh, the few questions that we've got here to wrap this up uh, from no one on Twitter with Crystal Palace failing to keep many clean sheets. Can you continue to trust Joachim Anderson? Um, I think you can. Uh, the clean sheets have dried up a little bit, but he still goes pretty well. I mean, averages about 9.9 ghost points per game. Last week he had 7.5. Uh, he did get on the end of a, I think it was an Eze set piece that, uh, I mean, got a good head on the ball it's just directed too too high so i mean he's still a goal threat too from set pieces uh, especially in the matchup that they have this week uh, against lester i think there is some goal potential there um, they are one of the worst teams from set pieces uh, defending them that is and uh, yeah i think that you still can trust him and throw him out there almost every game week yeah, I mean, you hear the Leicester City fans cheering when they're able to clear. <laughs> a set that piece, is one of the saddest things ever. Which is sad, but also hilarious. So, uh, yeah, he's got a good, as good a chance as any of scoring against them. But that's not why you're banking on him. You're banking on him because he's averaging nine points a game right now mm-hmm. by whatever metric he use. So, yeah, fire him up every week. He's an auto start, and Crystal Palace's. Schedule gets only easier as we go on, so if anyone is losing the faith, uh, maybe go buy him on the cheap. He's not hes not one of those fancy names out there. He's uh, just a guy getting it done at a Defender 2 level mm-hmm. that you might be able to get for cheaper. Yeah, he's not a, not a world beater, but his floor is pretty high, a lot higher than most defenders. Definitely one to yes. keep, keep the faith in. Uh, next question here is from Thor Sveinsen. Um, I know we talked about him a little bit earlier in this one, and I'm pretty sure you've given up completely on him, but what about in a 14-team league? Is Nico Williams a drop? Uh, I kind of would have liked to see what happens with the management there over at Nottingham Forest, but 
since Steve Cooper got a contract extension, it obviously is unlikely that they uh, get him out of there anytime soon. So I think that defense is going to be topsy-turvy at best in terms of who gets starts. And uh, even if you had a locked and loaded right back for that team, how much is that worth? Mm-hmm. So I think that spot's better off being streamed on a weekly basis. I'm actually in a 14-team league uh, myself. He is owned in that, but I don't think you need to. I think you can do just fine streaming one of these other guys that we'll highlight. Uh, that's roughly 20 30% owned. One of them's got to be available on a, any given week, and he's really the worst of the worst. How many of the... How many of these matchups do you really want to start him? And another thing people might not think of is what when you have a guy in Nottingham Forest as a defender, you don't get to start him against Nottingham Forest. That's two <laughs> matchups of the year that that's uh, true. that you're knocking out of the park matchups where you think a guy could maybe do well, you know. So just small little maybe tiebreaker for me for dropping a guy, but. His team is terrible, and he barely even starts on said terrible team. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't take all the set pieces. So, Yeah, I mean, he's had one outstanding game, and if you drop that 22-point performance against West Ham, every other game has been under double digits. And since that negative five against Fulham, he has had 1.5 and three points, and he's only played 45 minutes and 31 minutes in, the, in those games. So... Points are declining, minutes are declining. Uh, like you said, I think you find a plus matchup for a team where you're able to stream a defender and just kind of roll with that and stream that spot almost every game week. Uh, last question here from the Benta Boys. Uh, we'll break this up a little bit because if uh, you got like four questions in one here, but. How did you rate Doherty's first start of the season, and what should managers do with Emerson Royale now? Um, like I said earlier, Doherty's getting into good positions. He's much better in the attacking third than Emerson Royale is, uh, although defensively he is a lesser defender than Emerson is. But I think he really opens up the attack for Spurs. So I think for sure it was a positive start for him but he still needs to get up to those fitness levels and the speed of the game uh as far as what you're doing with emerson right now uh if you have both doherty and emerson i would probably keep emerson until he returns from suspension just to see what conte does just to see how doherty's form is um but if you only have emerson and doherty's already taken in your league uh i wouldn't be remiss if you were to drop him any thoughts on that i think it's mostly if you want to divide it you got sessignon versus parasic on the left with either of them really able to play on the right but you probably have parasic play on the right and then you got doherty and emerson versus each other Mm -hmm. with spence being largely irrelevant so I agree in that you hold them both for now since there's a bit of uncertainty and whoever ends up winning out, which I think will happen before the World Cup, you hold on to them and drop the other guy and don't think twice about it. Yep, I agree. 
Uh, next part of their three-part question here. Matoma looks an exciting prospect. Is he worth an early stash? I don't think... I don't... I don't think you need to. Unless you're in a deep league of like 16 guys, I think you're better off leaving him on waivers for right now. And if he starts, pick him up. See how he does. He's still in that trial phase. He hasn't played enough yet, so mm-hmm. we can only speculate at this point. We need to see what he does in the Premier League um, and just see him put points up on the board before extrapolating anything, really. Yeah, I mean, he's only 1% owned, so it's not like he's yeah. really going anywhere. You're not missing much by leaving him there if you miss out. <laughs> yeah. And then, finally, how do you drink your coffee? And I'll swing this over to you first. Okay. Uh, I honestly don't really care. I've had it <laughs> multiple ways. I tend to actually like iced coffee in uh, in the summer, like a true Bostonian. <laughs> and... Uh, I don't really put sugar in it. I'll put a little milk in it. I usually go skim milk. Uh, but I, I don't really, I'm not super partial. I drink it black if it's good. And I like more of a medium roast. So I'm very, very boring in yeah. that sense. So I am too. Um, I actually just this past week uh, weaned myself off of coffee. I was used to drinking like three cups a day. And, uh, I went an entire week, all last week, without coffee. Um, I had my first cup of coffee today, uh, only one cup, and it's been, I don't know, 10 days since I've had one, but um, I just drink mine black. I don't put anything in it. Uh, um, pretty strange that way. Maybe I'm a serial killer. I doubt it, um, but yeah, boring. Drink my coffee black if I drink it at all, I'm trying to wean myself off of it, but yeah. Really left off on a high note there. Yeah. It's a great, great coffee talk. <laughs> Let's do this again sometime. <laughs> yeah, this is like that boring office talk that you make with people just to, you know, just the pastime. All right. Let's wrap this one up. Uh, I think that's game week 11 in the books here. Um, just a, another firm reminder don't start your Liverpool defenders. Zach, sign us off with something, anything. First thing that comes to your head, go. Oh, God, please come back to life, Liverpool. I'm begging you. <laughs> it won't be this week, but maybe we'll see. Oh, it'd be so sweet, though, if it did. Wouldn't it? All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will catch you next time, and we are out. Later.